Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I think this is episode number 134, and I'm Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> Not much. No. <laughs> what was that laugh? I don't know. <laughs> I just laugh. <laughs> uh, Ra- Rachel's not going to be with us tonight for this episode, but she'll be back again soon. Uh, she's got some stuff going on. Yeah. If you follow her on Instagram, you probably know what it is. <laughs> so go follow her on Instagram. <laughs> oh, man. We have a great episode this evening that we're going to record. Or I should just say today because who knows what time someone's listening to this. They're probably listening to it in the morning on their way to work or something. Yeah. Maybe. Or at the gym or something. But uh, we have a great episode to record today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but before we do that, what do you know? Hey. Um, so I was kind of inspired by um, Lindsay posts about the uh the pandas the pandas oh man so i got well, co- for our listeners oh yeah darlings dwell darlings dwell it's Lindsay. that's her name yeah she's a friend of the podcast and she was posting panda bears and all this panda facts yeah yeah and not just like they're black and white not right. like those kind of panda facts <laughs> no, like no, right. <laughs> like about how they're all uh genetically modified they're not ex- real yeah exist in a while. it's crazy some yeah. of the things i couldn't believe yeah i was like wow i didn't know that yeah like the fact that they need help to give birth yeah I like I, I you would think that a, a creature that you know has lived in the wild right. its entire existence would have no problem having sex and having babies <laughs> yeah right you yeah know? apparently but, they're not interested in sex yeah they're more interested in food there's there's actually this funny i've been uh, there i've been there <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i'm not i'm not married so i'm not allowed to say i've been there but <laughs> yeah um uh it was funny there's this uh comedian that did a uh, bit about that that i always thought about <laughs> um his name's mike berbiglia it's on a comedy album probably came out in like 2006 okay all about uh pandas okay it's all about them where they actually had to uh make porn oh, to, to get the pandas to i don't know if she touched on this because i'm not i think I'm, she did i'm not on i think Instagram she might have right said now. this yeah they like panda porn yeah so he was talking about like <laughs> panda porn he was like well you know what kind of port is it is it like people dressed up like pandas having <laughs> you know that they're filming or is it actual pandas and it's like he wants to know if it is actual pandas is there like a porn star male panda that like <laughs> so you know he's like, like a stud he said like the john holmes of pandas and it's like <laughs> right. and if there is a panda that like can have that like why don't they just have him have sex with all the other pandas yeah. and then the problem would be solved that's what they do on farms yeah yeah he was like <laughs> it's all joke. i just love it where you're saying like talking about like the the voice of like the panda and he's like i'll do all the pandas black <laughs> white black and white <laughs> um but anyways that's not what the did you know was i can't wait for the review the, uh, that we're gonna get from like, uh, on, on, <laughs> I all they're the talking fr- about is pandas having sex right <laughs> uh but uh here you go kale brussels sprouts cauliflower and cabbage do not exist in the wild they, oh. they were all, they all came from a single plant species, which oh. is really weird. Kale, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, and cabbage. They're so different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it all came um, <laughs> from this one plant that uh, they've all been. Like mod- like genetic, yeah. genetically modified. GMO. Yep. So kale is a GMO? Yeah. 
Well, wow. it, not genetic, but you know, like the selective breeding. Like oh. it was a man. Those are all man-made. Okay. Gotcha. Selective breeding. Um, they hmm. said, yeah, it's kind of um, it's wild mustard. Wild mustard is the, the actual the plant, plant that, of origin, huh? Plant of origin. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I never knew that. Another one. We'll get a kick right. out of this since I'll throw in another okay. one. People love animal ones. There is. Yeah. Did you know that there is a horse? We've talked about uh, other military animals before. Yeah. So there is this. Oh, uh, <laughs> there is this decorated war horse named Staff. He was a staff sergeant named Reckless. Cool. He held official rank in the United States military. He was, uh, it says, out of a racehorse dam. She was purchased in October 1952 for $250 from a Korean stable boy at the Seoul racetrack who needed to buy mo- who needed money to buy an artificial leg for his sister. Oh, I don't know why that's tr- <laughs> Don't stop, man. You're making me laugh. That point is just so good. I love how they have to say that like, like what he needed the, the money for <laughs> yeah i just love i love those little facts um i'll say for i think a great thing about storytelling yeah is when you i enjoy stories so much more when they pick up on those little facts that yeah, yeah. are so unneeded but i think it makes it more memorable and yeah when people retell the story <laughs> by throwing in those facts or it makes uh, you seem like more of an interesting person. So oh, okay. there yeah. you go. That's So is that the story now? Yeah. Then he was just this Marine. Yeah. And uh, it said that she quickly became a part of this unit, was allowed to roam fle- freely through camp, entering the Marines tents mm. where she would sleep on a cold nights. She was known for her <laughs> willingness to eat nearly anything, okay. including scrambled eggs, beer, Coca-Cola, and one <laughs> beer, about $30 worth of poker chips. Okay. <laughs> So there you go. I yeah. heard too. I don't know. Does it say anything else about? Because I heard it, it. The horse was dishonorably discharged. <laughs> no. Do you know why? No. It's horsing around. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Uh, I thought you were going to say she was like a nightmare. <laughs> a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a good one. But yeah, she. Uh, Life magazine recognized her as one of America's top 100 <laughs> all-time heroes. <laughs> What was the name of the horse? Reckless. Reckless. Sergeant uh, Reckless. Sergeant Reckless. I think we need to make a movie. Yeah. If how we should make they should make a movie to have the horse Reckless the horse and then the bear from Poland. Wojciech. Yeah. Yeah. Wojciech and they the bear rides the horse into battle. Into battle. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd I'd be love such it. an epic movie. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. you ready? Yeah, yeah. All right, so sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. <laughs> that's, we, we haven't used that line. I know. It's been that's a long time. That's, that's why Reckless was removed from me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had a zero tolerance policy. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we have a great episode. We're going to talk tonight, today, 
about the law of attraction. This is a continuation in our Doctrines of Demons series that we've uh, we took on. We already did one episode. This is the second in that series that we're going to do, and uh, I can't even remember what the first one was. Do you remember? Uh, the Christ Letters? Yes, the Christ Letters, which was actually really interesting because yeah. I had never even really... Um, mm-hmm. And that was actually a listener, uh, one of our listeners asked us to do some uh, talk about that. So that was kind of cool that it directly... Started this whole other series. Yeah, it started a whole series. So good job. Thank you, listener. You know who you are, mm-hmm. Jerry. And... Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, we uh, this this episode we're going to talk about something called the law of attraction, and the law of attraction is really interesting because you may have heard of it before. Um, you may have seen uh, various aspects of it played out in life um, through friends, especially if you're involved in things like yoga, mm-hmm. um, or even on today. Uh, I was just scrolling through Instagram this afternoon, just kind of chilling out. And there was an Instagram reel, and it was basically like, it says, uh, use this sound and your future spouse will text you, you know? Why didn't you send that to me? <laughs> yeah, right? Because <laughs> uh, uh, it doesn't work. It wouldn't oh. work. It wouldn't work. <laughs> but what, uh, what it is, it's the principle of the law of attraction in that reel, like in mm-hmm. that whole, th- that little five-second post or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then sadly, it's... It's even, you know, a lot of Christians are Mm -hmm. beginning to employ the techniques of the law of attraction in their lives, and they don't realize because they're unwitting or undiscerning, and the church is just kind of more, becoming more and more open to these these, um, principles that that really have, they really have roots in uh, new age. So um, I wanted to just kind of, um, probably to start off, we should just kind of talk about the origins of law of attraction. And like, where does it come from? And then we can talk about, yeah. Well, how about we say what the law of attraction actually is? <clears throat> yeah, we can do that. That's fine. Um, I have a definition if you want. Yeah, if you want to add to yeah, it, go ahead. Um, so it says here. Wait a second. Do I have it? Um, I actually don't have a definition on it. Okay, that's I hilarious, got, man. I got you. I, got I have you. a bunch of stuff. I have four pages of notes in front of me, so um. it's okay. So the law of attraction is summed up: what we focus on, we attract. Yeah, and it says also the energetic frequency. And this, <laughs> I accidentally finished the word by trying to say something else. Frequency. I meant to say uh, stop saying that, and then I was going to say, see, this actually came up in the last podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, the last podcast, I think Rachel brought it up when we were talking about the Christ letters. But uh, it, it goes into this, um, the idea of you're going to hear a lot of sciencey kind of words. Yeah. And this, the law of attraction, is so much about uh, new agey, sciencey kind of words um, that they just, they sound sciencey and they're not, they're, they're just... Yeah. Not. It's actually, I would. Pseudoscience. Pseudoscience. Yeah, that's what I would call it, pseudoscience. But the reason I was going to say that is because the answer that I'm about, the the continuation of the definition starts getting right into that. Yeah. Um, So the law of attraction is what we focus on, we attract. Also, the energetic frequency at which we vibrate aligns (laughs) with similarly vibrating circumstances. Yeah. 
For example, when we primarily vibrate at a frequency of love and gratitude, we start to see more and more instances of love and appreciation around us. When we get angry and feel it at our core, we notice and create more situations which are angering and frustrating. Pay attention to where your focus and energy are. It is a direction in which our future is headed. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not, it's so it's like a bunch of gobbledygook to me. When, yeah. I, literally, as you were talking, I was like reading some other things and kind of tuning out. But it, yeah, phrases like universe, vibration, mm -hmm. positive, negative, frequency, energy, elevate, lowering, yeah. raising. Yeah. The universe is the interesting one, though, because um, the, what they do is they look at the the things that, and, and this is the thing, it, all right, let me start here. What's, there's reasons that the law of attraction is so appealing. Hmm. There's reasons that so many people are drawn to this law of attraction um, thing. I don't even know what to call it. It's a law of, they call it a law of attraction. We should um, just start there. Yeah, yeah, I guess we should start there. His, like, it's not a law. It's not like, a law, it, no. Yeah, so we, when we keep saying this, it's not, they claim that, uh, it, that there's these 12 universal laws of, of, of creation. Yeah, yeah. everything um, that we can get into more. But before we say it, it's this. So when we say law, they use it again in the way that the law of gravity is that this is just how the, the universe proves this to be true. Right. So it's not, but I, I was just giving you a more of a definition of when we say right. this law, we don't actually believe that it's a law. Yeah, because yes. like if you have like, for instance, like say say a different law of, of physics that it, it's going to occur every time mm -hmm. that it's that like if like, for instance, like gravity, there's, there's debate about gravity, especially if your cosmology is flat earth or something like that, because they want to know what can't prove gravity, right, or whatever. But I do know that every single time I hold something out, that's it's going to drop right <laughs> so it's a provable law in the sense that it always happens you know what i mean and um there's god has laws right he has there's laws of the bible he talks about but this one is they call it a law of positive of attraction but it doesn't always work mm. right even if i use the right language and my vibration is <laughs> my vibration and frequencies are in the right zones and i'm i have you know the universe on my side it's like um i look at it like uh when when someone says thoughts and prayers hmm. thoughts you know you're going through a hard time thoughts and prayers you know um i'm actually going to start employing that as like a cut down on people now bust <laughs> so if somebody's complaining about something like that, i'm just gonna be like thoughts and prayers yeah <laughs> I'm just going to use it like that. It's like how uh, the Southerners uh, love to say, uh, bless, uh, bless your, your heart. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> it could be a good thing. <clears throat> right. Because it could be, bless your heart. You're awesome. Like, right. you're so sweet. And But if people that are from the South know. Right. Like, it, they can also mean the complete opposite. Right. They're telling you to F off. But <laughs> they're uh, a nice old Southern lady who's not going to say that. So right. She, right. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Yeah. <laughs> As she smiles through her yeah, gritted I teeth. Yeah, I hope you get hit by a bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's simply and it's employing this law of attraction. It's employing certain language, certain attitude, certain mindset, certain spiritual. Um, I don't even. I don't. I don't want to call it elevations. Spiritual um, posture that may be a good word yeah um to kind of uh, 
to now put yourself into a a place where the universe will extend to you this thing that you desire. Yeah. So, oh, like a spouse or a job or money or you know um, a, maybe you have a failed relationship you're trying to heal up or and they employ it in all kinds of life mm. circumstances and um, but it always boils down to relationships, money. You know, those are the two main things that come about. And that's why it's so appealing. Yeah. And uh, like what, what you had just said about the <laughs> is almost us. It's so hard to take a step back because just we were talking about this before we recorded um, that there is a difference. Maybe we should before we start going into what deeper into the law of attraction, we'll say yeah. what the law of attraction is not or to get kind of some common misconceptions out of the way that may have made its way into your thinking, the church, popular culture, all those things. Because what you said there was almost <laughs> you're being too charitable with it. And I it's am. hard to not be charitable because it's so stupid. Okay. It's so stupid. This is, it's literally a doctrine of demons. So, but <laughs> right. You, there's uh we were talking about this before the podcast is that, um, there is some sort of truth, not to the law of attraction itself, but to the idea that um, outcomes can happen if someone works t- towards them, which is a biblical principle of, you know, uh, so what, uh, if you want to be, uh, if you want to get promoted, if you want to work, move ahead in your job, if you want to get a better job, if you want to get promoted, you want to raise the thing that is totally okay to do and is not the law of attraction is to work hard at your job is to be uh show up earlier than maybe you would go out of your way to be a better employee basically you want to take actions that would lead to getting a promotion yeah so if you waste a lot of time if you're not the best uh employee doing things that are good that lead to your boss going, oh, you're really a good worker. Let me go out of my way to try to give you a promotion. That is not the law of attraction. That is just actually putting an effort, hard work uh, to get ahead, to get the things you want to get. Um, so as far as work, uh, you know, in relationships, there's a difference between, oh, I want, like, I want to be married, but I don't want to do anything <laughs> to actually change my circumstances, right. yeah. which could mean, uh, and I'm just going to say, no, I'm just thinking of some ones, joining a Bible study where I can be around uh, people of the opposite sex that are joining a signals uh, Bible study would be better because you're with single people of the opposite sex. Um, d- doing more extra, I don't want to say out of, out of school, extracurricular activities going you know, finding groups of people that play volleyball or do rock climbing, putting yourself in situations. Maybe it's put, get it going on a dating app or a dating site, a good one, not a, not Tinder, you know, anything that can be, right. you know, looking for a relationship. There are things that you can do to change your circumstances that are not the law of attraction. Right, right. So that is not what we're talking about. We are not talking about the principle of doing things in a godly way to get to a certain desire that you have. Right. So I just want to get that out of the way is there is a difference between doing those things uh, 
to get to where you want to get to, whether it be rich money, you know, whatever those things, that's not the law of attraction. So right, and a good a good biblical principle would be like, um, if you want friends, show yourself to be friendly. Exactly. You know, so it's like right, it's, you're not you're not actually employing the universe mm-hmm. to do that. You're actually just being a friendly person, and friendly people typically are liked by other people and have friends. Right. Grumpy, grouchy people are typically isolated, and nobody wants to be around them. Right. Yeah. It's like a pretty basic principle. But it's a simple way to describe what what you're saying there, I think. Yeah, and th- I will say that there is a principle that is uh, – you brought up a really good point – that is not law of attraction. But you may hear this, and it is extremely useful. So I'll give you another little tip in here. Is that, um, like you said, if you want to be a trust – if you want people – if you're looking around at your circle of friends and you're like, man, these are all people that steal from me. They're <laughs> right. not trustworthy. Uh they're not people of good character. They get drunk all the time doing all these things. We, there's, I'm not going to say this law of attraction, but you would want to look at yourself and look at things of, oh, well, if I'm surrounding myself or people are attracted to me that are all thieves and liars, there's a probably a pretty good chance <laughs> that I'm a thief and I'm a liar right, right. in some ways because there's things that these people are latching on to about me I think or they, i am attracting in some way i think they call it birds of a feather yeah yeah or right. we always say uh water seeks its own level right yeah yeah so that is not law of attraction that is not another thing is if you want to be yeah if you want to have people that are honest well typically honest people only want to hang out with people that are also honest so you would start being honest person yeah you don't want to surround yourself with thieves, stop stealing. Right. Because people who aren't thieves don't want to be around someone that is a thief. Yeah. That is also not the law of attraction. So I just want to get kind of these other things out that can be kind of convoluted because they're, and they can be a, a gateway into something that is not biblical, that is actual the law of attraction. Right. And sorry, I just wanted to make no, these kind of good. distinctions before we go into it, because hopefully you'll see at the end of this, uh, this is not something that's good. We are not promoting right. this by no, this any means. This, this is, is not a promotion. Literally a doctrine of a demon. Of yeah. Demons, so yeah, if you're if you're playing around with the law of attraction right now, or considering it, or reading books about it, you get away. Yeah, get 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 away. And we'll at the end. I think we can talk a little bit about um, God's role in how we should, as Christians, we should posture ourselves when it comes yeah, yeah. to some of the situations where you'd want to employ the law of attraction. Um, I just want to read a quote here. It says, um, "It says, uh, while it wasn't called the law of attraction in ancient times, it was referred to in Buddhist writings as well as in Christianity. Uh, for example, and this is where it's wrong. This is where I get angry. This is demonic. For example, the Buddha famously said that our thoughts make us what we are. Plus, Jesus can be interpreted as telling us about our limitless power to create. All that we are is a result of what we have thought, Buddha. So the fact that this website that I pulled this from, it was literally, it's the lawofattraction.com yeah. um, is where it came from. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, is they're, they're literally right at the beginning there. They're 
employing Christian and Jesus. They're putting Jesus, Christian, Buddha all in the same boat as saying, look, everybody believes this. It's a it's a principle. It's a law of creation. You you know, we're just going to harness that mm-hmm. and put the universe on our side. And um, and so they look at the universe as this sovereign giver versus the creator, God himself, who's the sovereign giver of all things, right? Yeah. So they replace this created creator, not created creator, the creator, <laughs> yeah. who created everything with a universe. And that's what they employ. They employ the universe. They talk about um, getting from the universe. And um, I found, I shared with you the podcast. So I was like yeah. doing a little bit of research. I, you know, I didn't know anything about the law of attraction. Um, I, th- I'm not a big fan of even reading about the new age. Yeah. Uh, I just have never had interest in it. Um, uh, I know it's seeping and creeping into the church today. And so I, I have to be aware of it and understand it at, at that le- working level. But, um, you know, other things I'm much more interested in learning about. And, uh, so I had to, I downloaded a podcast <laughs> and this is like the number one law of attraction podcast. And it was like all the secrets of law of attraction. So I was like, all right. And so I found one of the titles. It was like the most important secret <laughs> to the law of attraction. And I was like, all right, well, if this is the most important secret, I'm going to see what he's going to say it is. And I just started laughing right off the beginning. And I don't want to be disrespectful to this podcaster or this guy because he really believes this stuff with all his heart. But he was like, I'm an eagle flying to you <laughs> as your mystical mentor. I will be disrespectful to that person. That is absolutely ridiculous. And you should repent and find Jesus Christ. Oh, I was laughing. I mean, yeah, I was laughing. I'm trying to drive. And he's like, I'm I'm flying like an eagle as your mystical mentor. And, and he goes, if you want it, you can have it. And I'm going to help you achieve it. And uh, And it was just like this. It was like Joe Olstein going like bad. It was like yeah. the it, like. If you, do you ever remember the Bizarro characters in mm. the in the comics? Back no. it was like Batman had a Bizarro character and Superman had a bar- Bizarro. And the Bizarro characters were like um, like clunky clone versions of them of the actual hmm. superhero because it was from another dimension, like yeah. another universe. And so the Superman was like, "Oh, I Superman!" You know, like that's how he would talk, you know. And he was just like really rough, and he would like break stuff. And, uh, and you know, Batman didn't have his cool demeanor. He was like, he was the same way. And it was like this guy is like it was like the the, the bizarro, bizarro Joel Osteen. <laughs> he was like the opposite of that. But um, anyways, so. You know, I think that um, when you start to look at the history of law of attraction um, in the United States in particular, when it started to grow, there was a couple components that um, kind of that were kind of put together and started to see it kind of take place. And it's interesting to me that uh, something like this would take root in a in a nation in a country where there's just abundant prosperity, because I really believe that this uh, appeals to the carnal nature of who we are and our greed and our desires and our you know wanting to be have gratification instantly or quickly see i would say the complete opposite i have (laughs) i would not see it starting at any other country ever because this is the perfect place america is the epitome of 
That's what I was saying. Like, I could see why it took off here. Oh, oh, I thought you said I was surprised to see that it started here. No, I said I'm not oh, surprised. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I missed that part. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah, because we're so, we're so abundantly blessed and prosperous right. as a nation, and then we're greedy. Yeah. It just, it just it just sprouts greed on top of that. But um, one of the one of the people that really um, gets credit for it for whatever reason is uh, Helena Blavatsky. And we've talked about her before uh, in previous episodes. I think we've talked about her. With just, she's just a, she was a spiritualist, a, an occultist. Um, she was born in the 1800s. She came out of Russia. And um, there's a lot about her um, with just other occult and spiritualist type things um you and i were joking around we're like she was kind of based on some things that made us laugh we were like because she she was uh talking about how um the when she came to america to visit america and she was meeting with all of these mediums and all of these like um like palm readers and stuff and she was like you're not talking to the dead you're talking to nefarious spirits or something along those lines and it's like oh she's actually tuned into that those are not what and what we've what we would biblically say are not dead people talking through a medium they're actually demons and um she, so she had that part actually right but the majority i would say 99 percent of what she believed was really bad yeah. um she actually wrote something called uh she came up with something called the theosophy and um you probably want to add to this a little bit because i know you you are f very familiar with her i mean oh i didn't know we were you yeah have, you uh, have a picture of her on your um mantle in your house no. <laughs> yeah. no, i'm just kidding i i, I was gonna make a different <laughs> joke that i probably shouldn't make after that um just google her name if you want to know yeah. what she looked like so i'll start off she was super ugly <laughs> it, it was so funny you were reading it i say that jokingly but also because i pulled up uh this thing it's just a picture of her staring at me <laughs> and um they actually went out of their way. You were reading like seven different descriptions from different people, all talking about how she <laughs> she was known for being ugly and like yeah. a dis, not just like an. It, I am not making a. I wouldn't just say this so flippantly about people, but this woman is evil. So I take in the same way that I joke about, uh, or I don't joke about, but I, how I say, you know, the Prophet Muhammad, um, right. you know, was a you know, a pedophile midget who was ugly and was suffering from syphilis. Like in the same way that I'll, I'll right. make fun of that. This woman was just ugly, bulging eyes was like <laughs> super did not take care of herself in any way and was super proud of that. She was racist. Yeah. She was super racist. Um, but yeah. So I'll go ahead and start in this kind of, uh, start reading about Blavatsky and some of the earlier people that kind of took it from her. But it says, because uh, I, I don't think we actually did ever go into Blavatsky. So this is a good time. Yeah. Not a lot, but uh, so it says, as a young woman, Helena Blavatsky fled a forced marriage and traveled around the world, visiting the Americas, Europe, India, Egypt, and eventually spending two years in Tibet where she became a Buddhist. <laughs> After arriving in America, Blavatsky placed herself in the popular spiritualist movement, practicing as a medium and a clairvoyant. Blavatsky agreed with the spiritualist and Christian science position that mm. the physical was an illusion and that the mind was an ultimate reality. In 1875, Blavatsky and Henry Steele Alcott, I keep wanting to say occult, Alcott <laughs> helped found the Theosophical Society, which was con 
conceived as the establishment of the Brotherhood of Humanity, investigating the mystical qualities of life and the psychic powers of the individual. The theosophists claim that there existed a secret esoteric teaching that fully explains existence and that only a few spiritual masters have access to. According to Blavatsky, the law of theosophy was not only the wisdom of the gods, it was the wisdom possessed by the gods. Nevertheless, how did Blavatsky get access to godlike wisdom? Blavatsky claimed to be educated in Tibet by beings who called themselves the, quote, masters of wisdom. Blavatsky said that these masters formed a spiritual hierarchy of cosmic beings who were the guardians of the divine plan. The divine plan was all that humanity was to attain, was that all of humanity was to attain ascended master status through ascension. According to Blavatsky, these masters have been responsible for guiding humanity's spiritual development by providing truth and wisdom to those virtuous enough to disseminate it correctly. According to theosophists, these masters of wisdom, or Mahatmas, were self-realized humans who self-realized humans who perfected themselves through mm-hmm. reincarnation and spiritual evolution. Blavatsky claimed to be a medium and said that she was in contact with two of these Mahatmas. Moya and Kut Humi, who allegedly appeared in, quote, astral form to only certain members of the Theosophical Society. These masters dispense knowledge and information about the workings of the universe to the Theosophists. Part of that knowledge must have been the laws of attraction and repulsion, which we'll come to later. In 1881, Blavatsky and the Theosophical Society were embroiled in the Mahatma Letters Affair. A series of sign notes began to seemingly appear out of thin air or appearing in odd places, claiming to be written by the Mahatmas, Kut Humi and Master Moria. When the Society of Psychical Research sent Richard Hogston to the Theosophical headquarters in Madras to investigate, he reported back to find that devices had been used in fraudulent arts, as confessed by by Blavatsky associate Madame Kulum, who said Blavatsky wrote the letters herself. It appears that the evidence about the reality of these Mahatmas and Blavatsky's claims about them remain flimsy. Blavatsky said she was in contact with these adepts, which presented some problems because Blavatsky was not not a born psychic, although she did undergo much training and study during her travels. I will, uh, yeah. yeah. Unfazed by the Mahatma Letters Affair and the accusations of plagiarism, Blavatsky went on to write her magnum opus, The Secret Doctrine, published yeah. in two massive volumes framed around an ancient and mysterious poem called The Stanzas of Design, which Blavatsky claims she read while traveling to the Himalayas. The theosophists say that the stanzas were part of a hidden esoteric knowledge placed under the Himalayan mountains by an underground civilization of beings possessing superhuman powers. Blavatsky presents the stanzas as an ancient cosmogony, (laughs) history and transformation of the universe. Cosmic hierarchies prevent perpetual change, and universal knowledge make up some of the vast material Blavatsky presents in The Secret Doctrine. Attraction and repulsion are two forces ever in operation in the cosmos. Physical attraction is the manifestation of a cosmic principle which has manifestations on all planes, spiritual, mental, and psychic, so that its influence is seen in our thoughts and feelings. Attraction and repulsion are the principles of duality, representing galactic ages of evolution and diffusion. 
says, uh, yeah, it starts going on yeah. with more. But so, but the secret was actually the biggest thing because the secret, which, which you just mentioned, it ha- it uh, it uh, brings forth the um, opposite oppositions of attraction and repulsion, um, it, and it makes distinction of that as a law, right? Isn't that what you just said? Sort of, yeah. Yeah. So that that was one of the things that they pulled out of to because she didn't really make the law of attraction, no. but they pulled from her research and her, her, uh, teachings and things like that. And if, if anyone's still not convinced that this woman was evil, the, the theosophy society or theosoph- theosophy society is actually partnered. The UN, uh, believes it. And they, uh, it's greatly enmeshed with, uh, Alice Bailey with the Lucius trust. She was highly influenced by Blavatsky and she, and you have um, this dawning of the golden age, which we've talked about before, which is the false light. Um, it's all connected in. It's like kind of like the, it's a train, and they all have a cart on this train, right? <laughs> and they all have a part as going through. Um, so, yeah, because I, I was uh, trying to remember, man, I remember her having something to do with the UN, but the UN didn't come around to like the 40s. Yeah. So, but they actually drew from her teaching the theosophy religion or, or spirituality, the, the society. The UN's adopted it. Yeah. So Alice Bailey, um, I wasn't ready to uh, go about her, but she was a, uh, yeah, she did take a lot of, uh, what says uh, the Western mystical tradition um, in this idea of the spiritual hierarchy, uh, which is all more of the teachings of what uh, Blavatsky actually, like you had said, this was one thing that she just kind of talked on. Um, she writes so much more. It's not a lot of really crazy stuff with ancient civilizations and all these crazy people. Um, but Alice Bailey was one of the people who took influence from the theosophical teachings. And like you said, yeah, set up the Lucius trust and a really interesting thing about the UN, not just that, like they're connected in this kind of way, um, but that Alice Bailey, if I remember correctly, um, maybe fact check me on this, is she actually introduced like a meditation room in mm-hmm. the UN and actually brought, she was the one to bring and be kind of the spiritual guide of the people who make up the UN. Yeah. So it's not this, like this woman, you know, was just kind of maybe even in the UN or like a part of or like friends with a lot of people that started the UN. She was actually one of the people who was teaching the spiritual, these ideas to the people in the UN, like in the UN meditation room. She was there. I think I called, I think I called, uh, what did I call it? I called it a spiritual casserole is like, Oh, what earlier when we were talking, I was like, like it's everything about these new age teachings. Yeah. They become a spiritual casserole. Yeah, yeah, and it's really hard to parse out the ingredients of exactly what it is, where it, where each of the ingredients come from, so that you can say, oh, well, they pull from here, they pull from here, they pull from there, they pull from there, and that's literally what they're doing, which makes it hard to nail down like origins and you know, cause you and I, we were just we were just looking on the internet before we started, and we've like the twelve laws of yeah, of, and then we found the twelve laws of karma. And they're not even connected in any way with the 12 laws of yeah, the universe. Yeah, I was even going to bring that. Yeah, so you had started by saying the laws of the universe, which of these 
quote unquote laws of the universe, there's 12 of them. Mm-hmm. Again, quote, just going by what they say. And that, like you had read, that they're somehow connected or taken from Hinduism and Buddhism. And uh, what was so funny is we were talking about uh, the caste system or how, how the idea of the law of attraction would play out in a place like India, which is overwhelmingly Hindu. Right. And, um, you know, or these other countries that are very poor that uh, practice Buddhism or Hinduism. It's more so a Buddhism, uh, Buddhist New Agey pulls more from these ideas that they attribute to Buddhist teachings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I remember we were reading that and I'm like, that has nothing to do with Buddhism. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what do you read? And uh, and so, yeah, you found this place where it's just, they just said, oh yeah, it's the, one of the, it's, these are the laws of Buddhism. And I had to go find where they were because I'm not a Buddhist, but I know uh it's kind of the complete opposite of, uh, right. of what, at least my understanding of what Buddhist and Buddhism is, because they have uh, these things that they're the four noble truths, and that's all based on suffering, right? <laughs> and coming to terms with, you talk to a Buddhist and you start saying, "Oh, the laws of attraction," they're probably going to look at you like a serious Buddhist and be like, "What are you talking about?" Right? Like the Buddha didn't talk about that. He told me that like life is perpetual suffering, and the only way to like rise above and become more spiritually attained is being content in the suffering. Like that's the whole thing. It's all about suffering. It's not about, it's not very pleasant. It's a way to deal with the fact that life is suffering. Yeah. And so, yeah, I pulled uh, just cycle up through reincarnation. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I did find these 12 things. uh, They just call the 12 laws of laws of karma and I just thought it was really funny. Again, not that we are by any means promoting Buddhism because we are not, but I almost got offended on behalf of a Buddhist who's being <laughs> intellectually honest. Right, like, right. I'm all about being intellectually honest. Sure. And if you want to claim all these things, and not you, but just right, these right. people where they throw out these new age things, like you said, <clears throat> the modern day new age is just a casserole of take a little bit of this, take a little bit of this. They all put it together. Blavatsky, you know, kind of as we, the more that you'll dive into these maybe seem very fringy ideas of some new agey thing, Blavatsky, it all kind of goes back to like a num- only a, a handful of people. Right, right. One of them is well, Madame Blavatsky. One of them who had a different twist on it, which we talked about last time. Rudolf Steiner. Mm-hmm. There's another guy who actually kind of touches into this, but Emanuel Swedenborg. But if you keep going back, there are more. It just kind of goes back to these same kind of people who just took a mishmash of stuff basically to get around being Christian. So we're going to take this. We're going to take that because I don't want to believe in anything but Christianity. I'm going to make my own thing. Right. And that's what. That's why the New Agey belief doesn't really have a set of beliefs. Yeah. They're not Buddhist beliefs. They have some Buddhist beliefs. They have some Hindu beliefs. They have some Native American beliefs. They have some totally different beliefs. Have some Christian stuff. Yeah. But and that's why a lot of um, Christians believe that the one world religion that's going to come out will be new new age. Yeah. I don't believe that myself. I don't think hmm. that's going to be the case. But it would fit easier because you can take um, a mix mash of um, you know different beliefs, different worldviews. 
and you can say, yeah, well, we actually employ part of that in us, and we employ part of this, and and so you have to compromise a little bit here to get that, and they'll compromise a little there to get this, and uh, then you end up. But I don't think that's how it's going to play out. It, it mm. still is. New Age still is a casserole of spirituality. It's like you're not sure what you're going to get on each bite, man, and it's been out in yeah. the sun for a while, so <laughs> you, I don't know if you should trust it. But um, Yeah, I just wanted to just – Wanted to go through just because we brought this up. When we were talking about it. Yeah. Just to kind of, we're going to be crap. I'm going to be crapping on this whole law of attraction the whole time. But yeah. again, just kind of going with this that just to see how intellectually, not lazy, but like just how dishonest they are from the start. From the start, they can't even steal proper. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So yeah. I'm just going to read over uh, the. The first couple, 12 Laws of Karma, which, again, is not necessarily from a Buddhist website. I just found 12 Karma Buddhist. It's kind of thrown in here. But just listen to the names of these kind of laws, so to speak. Is this for the karma ones you're doing? Yeah, these, okay. so first these are karma. One, the great law, the law of creation, the law of humility, the law of growth, the law of responsibility, the law of connection, the law of force, the law of giving and hospitality, the law of here and now, the law of change, the law of patience and reward, the law of significance and inspiration. So those are kind of, okay, you know, there's some meat to them, maybe, so to speak. Here are what these people claim are the 12 universal laws. And just, <laughs> I wish I could have like a screen and put them up next right, to each other. Right, Cause to me, nice. they look, so the law of energy, the law of rhythm, the law of action, the law of oneness, the law of gender, polarity, <laughs> relativity, transmutation of energy, compensation, cause and effect, attraction, correspondence. They are so different. They are. Like, well, the, first of all, the gender one. <laughs> right yeah how are we gonna work with that one yeah is it a law of gender for real so what does that mean yeah. it, you know uh it says there are both masculine and feminine energies mm. this might get them canceled these new age people i'm yeah. reading it there are both masculine and feminine energies within our universe they are known as the yin and yang there ah. are no there is no superior energy just complementary energy. When we nurture our masculine and feminine energies, we start to feel more balanced and whole as people. Whether we are male or female, it is vital to understand the relationship between masculine and feminine energies. Uh, based. <laughs> just the fact that they call out. Even to these nearest people, there's right, only two, two energies. Genders, right. uh, That's hilarious to me, though. Yeah. That was, uh, what law was that? That was like the third law or something like that. Uh, fifth law. Yeah. And what I have thought was interesting was the, the 11th law, which is the magic number, number 11, right? Mm. Is the law of attraction. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can do your own work on <laughs> finding that one out. But um, something that, uh, something else that I was going to tell you that I'm um, about before we move on, because we kind of are moving on from Helena, mm-hmm. but I do want to just point out two, two, two other things about her. Um, she wrote this dissertation, I guess it was on, or a paper on, it's called ISIS Unveiled. Yeah, and it's folk. not, it's not a ISIS like the, uh, <laughs> the Muslim, uh, terrorists. Right. But, uh, um, basically she says in there, um, and this is in reference to, uh, kind of the direction of what they hope to happen what these people hope to happen. It says the underlying theme among these diverse topics in in ISIS Unveiled is the existence of ancient wisdom religion 
an ageless occult guide to the cosmos, nature, and human life, the many faiths of man are said to derive from a universal religion known both to Plato and the ancient Hindu sages. The wisdom religion is also identified with hermetic philosophies and as the only possible key to the absolute in science and theology. Every religion is based on the same truth or secret doctrine. There's that secret again which contains the Alpha and Omega of universal science, this ancient wisdom religion will become the religion of the future. And then in reference to Helena herself, it, uh, when it comes to Christianity, it, according to her wiki page, it says that she was dismissive of the Christian idea of God and Western world, describing it as a bundle of contradictions and a logical impossibility. <laughs> and I love that... Uh, <clears throat> that she says it's a it's a, a bundle of logic. It's a bundle of contradictions, which is interesting to me because when you th- we just literally talked about mm. like you know the karma and the laws of the universe and all these different things that are you know kind of poured into this spirituality, and they do literally contradict themselves. They yeah. they literally are a bundle of contradictions. Yeah. So, um, but you know, like you said, it's a lot of times these are gravitating to these things so that they can not have to bow the knee to Christ. They want to avoid Jesus as Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's exactly what is happening. Yeah. So do we want to move on how this kind of gets into the popular culture? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So after Blavatsky, and there's going to be a couple things that I'm going to touch on and you can hop in if you want. Sure. Um, Sure. So there's a couple things that kind of, in America, spur on and out of kind of Blavatsky. Th- these are started from Blavatskyites, so to speak. Yeah. So one of them is called the Mind Cure Movement. And uh, it starts off with, uh, I'll read this quote from William James, and he'll talk about him in a second. Any individual can tap into the eternal reservoir of power that will enable them to overcome any problem that may arise. All weaknesses can be overcome bodily healing, financial independence, spiritual awakening, and prosperity beyond your wildest dreams. This is the superstructure of happiness. It says, by the end of the 18th century, the mind cure movement gained a secular ally in no one less than William James, who is the father of modern psychology. James defended the mind cure on pragmatic terms. He had seen it worked for some people, therefore it must be something to it. While James did accept some of the main principles of the mind cure, he also expresses some bemusement when he noted that the mind cure movement had no provision when dealing with this question of evil. Hmm. (laughs) That's another thing uh, we'll touch on later, but there, yeah, there is not, you'll see the, the, not the contradiction, uh, the contradictory state, uh, the the, the opposition to what Christian teaches with all the new age stuff. It says in one lecture, James name checks Christian sciences, Mary better, Baker Eddy hmm. saying for her evil is simply a lie and anyone who mentions mentions it is a liar. The optimistic ideal of duty forbids us to pay it the compliment of even explicit attention. Of course, as our next lectures will show us, this is a bad speculative omission, but it is intimately linked with the practical merits of the system we are examining. Why regret a philosophy of evil? A mind curer would ask us if I can put you in possession of a life of good. 
It says, why focus on the negative aspects of the world when you can have abundance is still being asked by the proponents of the law of attraction today. James went on to say that the greatest discovery of the 19th century would not be in the realm of physical science, but in the power of the subconscious mm. touched by faith. William Walker Atkinson. He was a su successful lawyer from Baltimore but become, before becoming involved in a new thought movement. And this is, where, again, where it starts going into it. He became the editor of New Thought magazine and later published many articles on the various topics of the occult, theosophy, psychology, salesmanship, crystal gazing, yoga, and metaphysical <laughs> healing under his own name and under a list of pseudonyms. Atkinson is a, was a prolific author, but his most popular book was printed in 1906 and is still in print today. Mm. Thought Vibration or the Law of Attraction in the Thought World. So with this W.W. Atkinson was actually the first person to actually kind of use the idea and uh, not the idea, the term, the law of attraction. So this book that he called the thought vibration or the law of attraction in the thought world was his book. And I just want to mention something real quick. I'm going to kind of move off. It talked about the, the, the new thought movement. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to touch on that because this, we're also going to touch and go into maybe something you are putting together. Maybe you're not uh, to the listener, but we're kind of building this little foundation. So go with me. So the new thought movement can be traced to a dissatisfaction on the part of many persons with the scientific empiricism and the reaction to the religious skepticism of the 17th and 18th centuries. The romanticism of the 19th century also influenced the new thought movement of which Phineas P. Quimby is usually cited as the earliest proponent. So here's the teachings and the thought practices of the new thought movement. It says some of it may be traced to Platonism based on the idealism of the fifth and fourth century BC Greek philosopher Plato, who held that the realms of forms or ideas is more real than that of matter and to Swedenborgianism, who uh, <laughs> was a Christian, uh, so to speak, minister, and it was based on, uh, yeah, he was this really weird guy who would uh, go into these trances and go and go to heaven and go to earth, uh, hell, and you come back and write all these stories. We should do a whole episode on Swedenborg. He's really interesting. Mm. Um, so it's based on that. And it says, although it's difficult to summarize new thought beliefs, since they are so varied and to a large degree individualistic, it is possible to summarize some of the more prevalent views. As far as Christian science is concerned, new thought adherents do not accept Mary Baker Eddy's teaching or that any other formulations as a final revelation. So there's a final point. Rather, truth is viewed as a matter of continuing revelation, and no one leader or institution can declare with finality what the nature of thought of truth is. Moreover, um, it is essentially positive and optimistic about life and its outcomes. So, basically, out of theosophy, based on this one guy's book with the law of attraction, who is in this milieu of the new thought movement, which is sort of this kind of Christian ish yeah. answer to it, you know, cause you do have some of the Christian science that comes out of it. But again, 
well, they just slapped the name Christian on there. I think. Yeah. I don't feel like that. You know, like this guy Schwarnberg, Swarn, uh, Swedenborg, Swedenborg. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, maybe he was a pastor or something like that, or a minister. Yeah, you were saying Methodist or something, whatever he was. I don't know what. I don't know much about the guy personally, but but it sounds like uh, he would he would want to adapt his Christianity to to kind of f- he would want to change Christianity to fit what his personal beliefs would be, rather than conforming his beliefs to what the Bible is revealed, what God has revealed in the Bible. Yeah, um, I'll say that the new thought is definitely based upon that the idea of. Again, it's, it's individual a new thought, right? Right. It's individualistic. There is no right answer. It is constant revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Back. So, this is what. Uh, this so, guy, what happens when you when a person engages in that type of uh, approach? Is you move off of a foundation pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and when you don't have a foundation, what are you building your house on? Yeah, sinking sand. Right, it's like it's that parable. You build it on a rock, or you can build it on sinking sand. So as soon as you move off the foundation of truth and, and doctrines of faith, as revealed, you're building on sand, shifting sand. Yeah, yeah. And it's sad that a lot of, uh, and it is it is kind of easy to sit here and read all these ideas or concepts or principles or movements or. Uh, whatever we talk about uh, being so fo- not so far removed because obviously we're not removed it's happening still but like when when I'm re- reading this is in a w- Wikipedia article but when I'm reading something about it and we're summarizing all this stuff that kind of happens in like a paragraph or two it, it it's easy to kind of look at this and go they're so crazy they're so yeah, right. far off <clears throat> and much in the same way um, I think it was on one of Heiser's podcasts he had this guy who was interviewing. And um, he was talking about how uh, when we look back at, like, the big heretics, so to speak, of, you know, uh, I don't want to say Marcionism, even though it was the first one that came to my head, Arianism or um, these ideas that we look at now and are like, that's so easily right, right. named yeah. as heretical. Yeah. It's hard to believe that someone would really believe that. And this guy on the podcast, he was some scholar. He was saying not to give them a break on behalf of the fact that they were teaching heresy, but to kind of understand that uh, before they had, you know, now we have so many books that we can read. Um, We have access to the reading, uh, all these letters of the church fathers, the, the the council, you know, where they debated these right. ideas of heresy. They yeah, yeah. thought through them. We We're have, looking backwards at them. Yeah, but we yeah. also have so much more information that these people at that time didn't have access to. Right. And so to kind of, what he was saying was to kind of give these guys a little bit of a break in understanding that some of these people who genuinely might have come up with heresies of, you know, Arianism or what, whatever some of these were, some of them, is that there was a genuine heart of them trying to come up with how do I deal with like the Trinity? How do do we really come up with a doctrine that we can defend against all these other people that are debating us? Because Paul didn't write, you know, a lot of letters. He was, you know, schooled in the Greeks, 
the Greek and the Romans, he was debating these people, but there's not the arguments necessarily that he went into. Um, there's principles that they of it, being presented but with. it's not yeah. like point by point by point. Yeah, and right. he just talks, you know, there's a lot of this. <clears throat> so these people, when they're coming up with ways to kind of deal with it and they come up with, well, this kind of makes sense that, you know, how is God fully man, fully human? Well, maybe he gives up some of his divinity, you know, and that's a heresy. I can't remember what the name of it. Um, right, yeah. But modalism or modalism, something like yeah. that would happen. Or yeah. that it's three. So all, a lot of those Christian ones are not um, coming out of bad taste. These were not necessarily uh, these evil I, people that were trying to, like, destroy the church. Right. And a lot of a, a lot of those people repented of yeah. the heresies yeah, yeah. that they came up with. All that being said, that is not what this is. Right. And so, I'm glad you said all that because I thought you were setting up like, hey, we don't need to be. No. Well, yeah. But it, it, there is some understanding of how people can get caught up in all this stuff. Again, if they don't have a firm foundation, right? Um, they don't have access. Or these people come by and they use Christian terms. This is still happening now. This is how people get caught into 100%. weird stuff in the church. This is how we have ter- churches that – bring this stuff that's evil into it right when they and now i'm making a case that these people have less of an opera like they i'm giving them less grace with yeah, it yeah yeah because they have so much access to information and you can read about the history of well orthodoxy has been worked out right we, we understand like it's been debated for for a thousand two thousand years yeah and it's been worked out so we're not yeah, we're not we're not debating these finer points, and these aren't even finer points. These are no. new revelations, new right. new thoughts, new doctrines, new mm-hmm. theologies, which like it's called the new thought. You know, like the whole yeah. thing was called the new thought or whatever it was called. And I, you're right. Um, they do know what they're doing. I think they do know right what they're exactly. Doing. That that's that was exactly my point of trying to compare and contrast. Is there's a difference between looking at these old people heresies. in the packs that may have been meaning well and yeah. we, we i think it is unless proved otherwise give them some grace with yeah. they're just trying to figure out really tough answers to make it easier to defend christianity right these people are not doing that right this is decidedly the complete opposite <laughs> this is trying to infiltrate christianity and pull people out yeah. this is not to strengthen christianity off the reservation exactly so ww atkinson in, this is what he says uh, about this book. We l- speak learnedly of the law of gravitation, but ignore the equally wonderful manifestation, and he has it all caps, the law of attraction in the thought world. <laughs> we are familiar with that wonderful manifestation of law, which draws and holds together the atoms of which matter is con- composed. We recognize the power of the law that attracts bodies to the earth, that holds the circling worlds in their places, but we close our eyes to the mighty law that draws us to things that we desire or fear that makes or mars our lives. Mm-hmm. The law of, that was his quote. The law of attraction is thus explained as a magnetic force where quote like attracts like as a universal law. Yeah. The idea with the law of attraction is con- is to consciously draw yourself to prosperity and wealth since that is what God apparently wants you to do. Prosperity and good health is considered an indication of one's self-realization and spiritual growth, manifesting a positive outcome from yourself for yourself through using your mind and feelings is the secret to make all your dreams come true. And um yeah, so that is really where the first law of attraction 
came from. Yeah. He's a guy that coined the thought. And um, he says it right there. Like, you know, the the evidence of, you know, a good life is prosperity and, you know, physical being wealthy and being uh, prosperity and good health is an indication of some someone's self-realization and personal growth. So taking the opposite, someone that's poor and not healthy, it's really showing you are not very spiritual. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and, you know, I think some of the mindset on, like you were talking about the theology, like uh, leading people astray or whatever. And some of the mindset that they have on here and how how Christian, I'm going to just turn towards, back towards Christian, how Christians can actually fall for this is, um, like, for instance, they, uh, they would say, um, you reap what you sow. Uh, which I've seen a lot of people equate with karma, mm. which it's not it's not a one-for-one one equation there. Um, or I've heard even more, um, the kingdom of God is within you, right? And so you can create your own reality, like I was talking about earlier. You know, oh, because you have the kingdom of God within you, uh, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is dwells within you. So you, have, you can tap into this power. I've actually heard prosperity teachers talk about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem is, is that you're creating your own reality. It, rather than trusting in an all-knowing and all-powerful God who's all-loving and knowing that your future is held in His hands, that He has known you from the beginning and He knows you to the end, like every breath of your life has been already written out. He knows the exact amount of breaths you're going to take before you see him face to face instead of trusting a god who knows those things uh to your future uh you want to create a uh, you want to create a, a, a reality of your own mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna employ the universe and attract good things with good thoughts and um <laughs> and i'm gonna actually override i'm gonna like it's like it's there is no there is no hack there is no hack that there's no life hack that you can apply uh, to getting what you want uh, if it's not inside God's will. There's just not. Now, you can fight for it and try and make it happen and everything, but you will regret it. You know what I mean? And so I think for the believer, it's alluring because there are certain verses and certain aspects of Christian belief that people will twist and try and apply it to to this. So if you have a friend who's like say you have a friend, it's like the same same argument we have with yoga, right? Like, but I'm just stretching. I'm just um, it's just stretching. It's just this. It's it's so much more than that. If you understand what's happening in the spiritual realm, in the same way, it's so much more than that when it comes to an, something like this law of attraction, because you're actually minimizing the sovereignty, the power, and the in the sufficiency of God over your life, and you're taking the reins and pulling them into your own hands, and you're saying, I can create my own reality. I can do this. Um, And it's very tempting because when we have needs, they scream loud (laughs) and we want them fixed right away, especially now living in this culture today, because we're not used to suffering. We're not used to enduring hardship. We're not used to uh, doing without, because like we've been blessed. I think some ways being a blessed nation might be one of the hardest one of the mm-hmm. worst things for us, yeah. you know, because it's crazy. Like, uh, I I have a really awesome pickup truck. It's only two years old. I love it, right? Yeah. But then I saw, like, a really sweet uh, 
Ford Raptor pickup truck, right? Yeah. Mine's not a Raptor. Believe me, <laughs> it's not a Raptor. It's a Nissan. But man, I saw that Raptor and I was like, man, it would be so cool to have one of those Raptors. Or I saw one of the Bronco, the new Broncos, you know, and I was like, oh, it'd be so cool. It's like contentment, man. It's like, wh- why can't I be content with what God's given me? You know, there's people that work with me that would love to have my truck. Mm-hmm. They would freak out to be able to have my truck. You know what I mean? And so perspective and contentment and understanding and gratitude, you know, those are things that are biblical, godly, and he loves and honors those. But it, if you even have all of those things right, it doesn't mean that God's obligated to give you the desires of your heart. Right. He's not obligated. And that's the right. di- that's a big difference. I I just feel like it's been kind of inside me turning to want to say that, sure. uh, listening to all this stuff, because I want to make a, a, a legitimate connection for a Christian, because that's our pr- primary audience is Christians. Yeah. And so I, I want to make a, pr- a good connection there for how this can creep in and the allure that it can have and how it seems completely innocent or less it doesn't seem like it's harmful it doesn't seem like it's a big heresy and then when you add on a couple of these christian verses and some maybe some christians that you know that are doing it you can just you can say oh well this isn't a big deal right and i think that that is uh really important there's an important distinction because you actually had uh brought up when we were talking um you know before we were you know we were earlier this week when you're listening to that uh, the, the podcast and you're like, this really sounds like the prosperity gospel. Right. And at first, like, I was like, huh, it kind of does. But they're kind of in the distinctions that we made in the beginning. And now, now as we're kind of getting more into, you know, the actual meat of this, I even want to give <laughs> – I want to give Joel Osteen and uh, you know Tammy Baker. Or what was what, what the Bakers? Were they the yeah? It's big like ones it's like uh, Money. There's Tam- a guy named Money. His other name was Money. Uh, the this black dude, Pastor Money. Uh, I, I think that was Money. Or, no, Money. Creflo Dollar. That was his name. Creflo Dollar. <laughs> his name was Dollar. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. The I want to. They're even give uh, give them more of a break. Because it's even still, like, uh, the, the, I don't know if I like this side of you. Well, here's my point: is does, do people genuinely get saved at Joel, through Joel Osteen? I don't know. Maybe, there, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, there might be. Does that's up to the Lord? Yeah, I've never seen. I I know that I've I've never actually listened. Does he give the gospel? I've heard him give the gospel. Have he stand you? firm even on. Um, if Actually, you say Larry funny. King, don't say Larry King because he did not. No, but there was other um, – this one of these YouTube, like, videos popped up where it was, like, a compilation of uh, <laughs> mega church pastors currently that are, like, uh, not standing firm in homosexuality. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, all the big ones all floundered and were all like, oh, you know, like – Nah, you know, like kind of give these wishy-washy uh, sermons. You know, all the guys with the skinny jeans and <laughs> all it's Stephen Furtick and all those guys. Yeah. Um, and they actually had clips of Joe Osteen like actually going on TV show. And he's like, no, well, you know, we believe, you know, so he's. Refuting them, huh? Yeah. Like oh, actually saying, like he went on, he's been on TV yeah. saying that he does say the name of Jesus. Uh, no cap. No cap. Boston. For real, for real. Yeah. All right. But the law of attraction Again, is so 
you had brought up this whole thing about prosperity gospel and the prosperity gospel <laughs> is still not as bad <laughs> as this. Like that I would still place that in the realm of it is Christian heresy, not complete, not Christian, yeah. like the law of attraction, because the distinction you made is like the prosperity gospel. There is some action involved and it's still trusting and ultimately God, the different, that is decidedly different, even though it may seem a little nuanced and maybe you're getting upset, listener getting mad that I'm kind of breaking the stuff down. But I think it's important because ultimately when they're talking about the law of attraction and I kind of alluded to the idea where they're talking about vibrations and frequencies and, uh, you know, electric you know they use a lot of electronic uh, electricity kind of language thing, yeah. language yeah sciencey language when you say the universe they, they say the universe we talked about it they believe it's a pantheistic kind yes. of thing that doesn't really have a judge it's not really intelligent it's just kind of everything. Yeah. And so they break it down. So there, like you said, there is no creator. Um, it is just this ethereal thing that you can't really right. put a name on it. Yeah. It's just the universe. Does it have a beginning? Right. <laughs> and, you know, that's where the differentiations come. Right. So there is a difference between praying and trusting that God will give you the desires of your heart or not give you the desires of your heart. Yeah, yeah. The law of attraction, they, they use this language, and I can't remember the exact thing because it was just so stupid when I heard it. I couldn't even – my brain wouldn't even <laughs> equate it. But it's basically the idea that we are beings or physical beings made up of energy. <laughs> and our thoughts also emanate out energy. I don't know where they came up with that, but that's what they believe. Yeah. In the universe and everything that is in the created realm is also energy. And it also gives off energy. And so the law of attraction is we are actually shaping our reality, not just in, in the means of like how I talked about earlier of doing the things that get, get the job we want, studying hard in school to get a good grades, to get a good job, going on a dating app to meet a girl. This is... I am being a selfish person and I am literally trying to shape through these energies right. that I am doing. I am making the universe conform to my will. Yeah. You said there is no like life hack to the universe in reality. In this BS mumbo jumbo, the law of attraction is the life hack. You, by knowing about it, you literally, they literally believe that you are shaping the reality around it. So like if you're vibrating, at, like you, you personally, if we're both we're sitting here and, yeah. and you are not practicing the law of attraction and I am, I am changing not only my reality, but I'm influencing you. Right. That's what they believe, that I can force my energies and my vibrations to change your reality because you exist in the same reality as me no, and know. I'm overriding you. Right. So because you're, 
more in tune I'm with more the universe, and, I'm and you're you, you understand the frequency levels where they are, right. and I'm, you're going to raise them up. And yeah, I'm I'm vibrating at the lo- the the le- love level, or whatever. Right, so right. stupid. But it and really you're, is you're emanating energy, right? Yeah. So that again is different. It is there is it's a complete ag- atheism. There is no god. We yeah. are our own gods, and we are creating. Which again ties back to a demon. That is what did you know? Like, uh, what did Satan say to Eve? You will be like gods. What is one thing that like God is able to do, and a trait that humans are able to do because we are granted by God that Satan cannot do? Just for the grain of salt, we're gonna. Okay, when I okay. say this, don't say, "Oh, there's that one thing that we talked about." Yeah. Satan cannot create. Humans can right, right. create life because we are made in the image of God. We have this ability. Yeah, procreation. So yeah, it's a it's another. It goes back to the oldest trick in the book. You know that Satan said, "You will be like gods. You will be able to create. You will be able to change things." That's what he lied. It was a lie to Eve. Right, right. In the garden again. This is we are becoming gods we are shaping the realities that do affect the other people but we deserve to do it because we're emanating at this vibrational stuff right so it's not even like this weird hippie mumbo jumbo it's literally like the oldest the first deception in the book of the in the bible in yeah, genesis yeah, it is back to the beginning. decidedly anti-christian it is literally the same thing that lucifer said and it is this usurpation on the part of humans to try to become our own gods you are creating you are changing the realities of other people to get your way yeah like that's what the law of attraction is they actually believe we are changing physical reality it's just bs yeah they're creating a reality of their own right creating a world of their own uh, and they are their own god well not not their own world it's our world well they are but i guess my point is is that at the core of it is what they want yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. it's whatever we want yeah so which is just i'm i'm my own god (laughs) that's it right yeah so it's a very deceptive very subtle right and and it's very destructive um in itself Right, it feeds the self. Right, mm-hmm. so yourself uh, becomes. And the Bible is like it tells us pretty clearly that whatever you feed is going to grow. Right, if you are focusing on others, praying, reading your word, you know, you're pra- you have these disciplines in your life that are that are biblical spiritual principles. Then what's going to grow is your spiritual life will grow, and uh, with the Lord. Right, you know. Um, but if you focus on self and you practice these other these other weird spiritual disciplines, then that's what's going to be fed, right? And uh, so, with all, exactly with that sin, so here's I, I just want to what I, what I was talking about creating your own reality and manifesting this all stuff, not your own reality, disrupting the reality of others. Yeah. To the prosperity gospel, I'll just read this. Central to the prosperity gospel is the idea of tithing or giving money to the church, ideally one's, quote, first fruits or the initial earnings. This money, many prosperity gospel preachers promised, was an investment. By showing faith, parishioners could have a, quote, hundredfold return on their investment, a reference to a verse in the Gospel of Mark about those who suffer for Christ receiving a hundredfold when they, what they have lost. So, said uh, 
you know, uh, it's, it, I'm not sure this is the right person, but it says, do you want a hundredfold return on your money? Give it and let God multiply it back to you. No bank in the world offers this kind of return. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> in this mentality, tithing is a financially responsible thing to do. It is, but not in the way that they're talking about. Right. It is a show of faith and a shrewd investment alike, a wager on the idea that acts, God acts here in the now to reward those who, with both faith and a sufficiently developed work ethic. So that's what I meant by kind of giving Joel Osteen less right, right. crap than I would give these new age people. Because, again, it's heretical, it's evil, yeah. it may, it's it's taking money there. This is ruining people's lives. Right. 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 Prosperity gospel, because people are giving their money to millionaire pastors who are just spending it on boats and watches and all this stuff. You know, God wants to have, wants me to have a Cadillac, you know, all these things they are saying people are going into debt to do that, but they're genuinely like giving it to God of the Bible. Right. They believe, they believe that they are. Yeah. And they believe that. So, uh, this is my. Can I tell sure. you my original? When I yeah, yeah. like back on Tuesday when I yeah, texted, yeah. my original thought was this: is that when I and I've had it's a crisis of faith that occurs when people are sowing the seed, they're believing God, and then God doesn't give them that return. Yeah. Uh, in the same, so it becomes a crisis of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same way, if you're doing all the things for the law of attraction, you're saying the right words, you're raising your vibrational frequency, or whatever. But it's still not happening for you. Uh, you can begin to have a crisis of your faith in that in that spiritual belief. Yeah, and it's they're both a works based mentality, like a works based um, process, because you have to believe the right thing, do the right thing, and act the right way, right for for law of attraction in order to see it come your way. You gotta you gotta raise your frequency, which means you gotta be in a certain state of mind. You gotta believe the right thing. You you gotta be, you can't say I don't want to be in debt. You because I don't doesn't res- the universe doesn't respond to I don't. It, it it's like I want to be wealthy. You know it's you attract what you want, right? Not what you don't want. And uh, according to what I read, yeah. In the same way, when someone puts their faith in their seed and their you know, believing God for a hundredfold return on the thousand dollars they gave to the church or whatever, um, which God isn't obligated, by the way, to give you back money, right? He could give you health. He could give your make your car not break down. He could, there's a billion other things that God could do, uh, and He doesn't need your money, by the way. Just point that out. Uh, he, you know, fish came out, of, gold came out of the mouth of a fish at one point in the Gospels when they needed yeah. to pay taxes. So God doesn't need your money. Um, but it's a, it's what it is, is they put their faith in their faith in the prosperity gospel. And that's when they have the crisis because they're like, oh, I didn't believe hard enough. I didn't believe good enough. I didn't believe, I didn't have enough faith to make that happen. Well, the Bible is pretty clear that a mustard seed of faith will move a mountain. So it's not about the measure of faith that you have. It's about who your faith is in, mm. what your faith is in. Is your faith in your faith or is your faith in your God? Is it in Christ? Is it in Jesus? And that's the thing, because that's the monumental mountain that gets moved is faith in Christ well, is actually what saves you, which is the impossible thing. That's the miracle, you know? And um, so anyways, that's when I was thinking about like what they do with the law of attraction, kind yeah. of the, the, you have to employ this method and, you know, the, there's all these different criteria that they always, you know, point to. 
And the same way with the prosperity gospel, there's the same criteria, sim- similar criteria. Uh, yeah. You got to sow the seed. You got to believe God for it. You have to, you know, and so it becomes a work-based uh, type of situation. Yeah. I don't want to call it salvation because law of attraction can't get you saved. Yeah. Um, and neither can the prosperity gospel in that sense either, you know, unless it's Christ. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. That was it. That was all. I, that yeah. was all I, I don't quite disagree, but it's, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. So that's... Um, that's, that's what it is. That's the loss of attraction. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> get out of it. That's get, what I'm going to say to you. And uh, I, I just wanted to touch on this because this was originally uh, – I, I thought it would be kind of cool, um, the, the Doctrines of Demon series, to kind of tie it around a book. and Because um, the Christ Letters was a book. Mm-hmm. Um, this was actually really well-known or – I think got resurgence in um, the kind of late. It was nineties, two thousands. Yeah, okay, uh, early two thousands. Yeah, because so there was this book that came out that was called The Secret, and so kind of bringing it more to this. The thing, if you see anyone talking about, uh, because you know we're talking about all these books or these, you know, this book from nineteen. 19- Six or you know, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill that was written in the 30s. This was really repopularized by uh, this woman, uh, was Rhonda something. Uh, Rhonda, what is it? It just it refers to her only Rhonda, Rhonda Byrne. <laughs> it just keeps calling her like Rhonda. Um, in 2006, and she released a movie and a book called The Secret, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of people took that teaching and made it into Christianity because that the secret makes it updated. Right. They bring it, it softens the blow. And um, I just want to kind of go into this even more uh, with the law of attraction specifically about uh, this woman, uh, Rhonda Byrne, and uh, on top of it, this is a channeled book that she talks about. She channeled <laughs> it. Huh? She channeled it. Oh, and awesome. it, it was called by this other spirit um, by the name of Abraham Hicks. So <laughs> I just I just wanted to throw this back in is that uh, in the resurgence of this, even though we're talking about all oh, it has this weird origin of like this, there's this resurgence still, this new resurgence. Uh, based on this book called The Secret, um, that is the law of attraction, and she specifically talks about being a follower and um, of this spirit called Abraham, the spirit of Abraham. It's not the spirit of uh, <laughs> Abraham of the Bible. No, it's this guy named uh, Abraham Hicks. So, <laughs> like literally the, everything about this, that the old of it is started in, in occultic stuff the new version of it has has foundational in channeled spirits demons yeah so there you go yeah there you go don't read the secret don't practice the law of attraction and don't go to joel Osteen's church yeah how's that that's good <laughs> good summary yeah <laughs> for real for real no cap no cap that's right well, dude, that's good. I um, hope you guys enjoyed this. I know it's it's a little confusing, but um, you know, one the basics of what they do 
is easy to understand, like you attract what you want or whatever. But when you start to pop the hood on that whole thing, it's, and you start to look at what made it to what it is, it gets a little convoluted and it becomes a spiritual casserole, as I like to say. But, uh, man, all right. That's another one in the books. Sweet. We will continue this series as we move on. And uh, until next time, see you soon. See ya. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWcast. These episodes are also available on YouTube unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.